from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Prodigal Son has returned. I know everybody missed me so much. Oh, I was talking about me from last <laughs> week. I thought you'd quit. I was hoping. And you, I heard you walking down the hall. I was like, you're back. When I tuned in, I was like, this show really needs me. Listen, here's the deal. You told me before we started recording that this is the first show you've listened to. Last week's show is the first one you listened to, and you don't know how long. And the only there's two variables. One is you didn't have to hear me the first time, so you just were either dying to know what was going on, or our guest was the other variable. I'm assuming it was her that you wanted to tune in for. Well, I hear the show live every week. I don't need to listen to it. This show oh, I didn't God. hear, so I wanted to see what I missed, and I knew there was nothing to talk about in the tennis world again. A little bit. So I was curious to see how well, you made that work. I, st- I tried to get into some issues it got a little dicey i don't know if i came off like i wanted to but you know what who cares there was a lot of uh let me explain that a little more Um, maybe but i think that's every week so we're used to that yeah i mean basically the whole show was you play ball like a girl yeah it didn't go well i felt very uncomfortable i knew what i meant and i know i'm right but explaining it to somebody and then have them question you after you explain it yeah not ideal (laughs) you're like i didn't know there was gonna be a follow-up question to my uh to my uh idea yeah either Corey's uh extremely agreeable or uh stream sexist one or the other (laughs) well and and she didn't disagree with anything you said necessarily but it was like hmm i'll have to i'll have to think about that more before i just blindly agree with you like i do (laughs) <laughs> well, we, because your intellect is at such a high level, That's right. you of course. get me. I get it immediately, instantly, and there's no reason to really hash out issues. <laughs> um, I I do think she can agree with me. I don't. I just don't think she can. Right. Um. Or, or she does. She just can't in public. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't sound like a good idea, even though there's nothing wrong with the the thought. And what was weird was what was last week's episode like three four hours. It sounded really long. Was it? <laughs> Just kidding. It's flies by when I'm in here. It does. Listening to it. It does. A little longer. Yeah, now I'm so, related to the fans. Yeah, so by all means, go back and listen to uh, the, uh, I don't even know what episode it was, the new, pre-New Year. Now, we're almost Eve. episode 100. Can you believe that? Uh, we're going to have a special show. I don't, know if, um, I don't know if either I didn't think we would make it or I ho- <laughs> hoped we would make it. I don't know which. Well, and that, does that count your single episodes? I'm sure it does. I don't think so. Have we done that many together? Well, here's the thing. I switched um, I switched over to this new storage and, and whatever hosting site at some point, and I think the very first episode includes you. Oh, okay. I think. Well, that's how it should be. I mean, seems for, it seems like forever, <laughs> but then again, it doesn't. That's right. We've made absolutely zero progress. Um. We've changed nothing in tennis, no. which is not... They haven't listened to us. Good. Holy hell. One thing that we can say is moving forward, and if any of you have not caught up on the day one of the NFL playoffs, turn off uh, your radio <laughs> immediately, uh, because in lieu of buying and wearing a jersey in your honor today, all I can say is... How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Makes me sick 
to my stomach. It was a great night in Dallas. So you'll appreciate this because you know how much I have to suffer every week um, trying to avoid things. Well, as usual, I recorded the game, didn't watch it live. And I was walking my dog at 10 p.m. And I started hearing like hooting and hollering, which that was about the time that I think it was into the fourth quarter. And I grabbed my dog, ran inside, and I said, we got to start this game because somebody's going to ruin something. I said, it's got to be dramatic because I'm hearing hooting and hollering. And it's not quite over, but it's got to be close to the end. So it wasn't like cheering enough to like for them to have won. Right. But it was like enough, a big play or something. Right. And, and, right. Which I'm looking back, it was probably Dak Prescott's, you know, legendary run. When they go on to win the Super Bowl, it'll be because of that run. Well, I, uh, one thing I'll say about Dak. This cat can ball, man. That's not true. He can't. He's overrated. <laughs> and uh, I saw someone on Twitter that said, nobody should talk bad about Dak now. Well, shut up. He'll do something dumb next week when they get destroyed by the Saints. Is that right? They're playing the Saints? Well, we don't know yet. It depends on what the oh, game's going on right gotcha. now, which I've been Oh, that's watched. right. They reseed. They yeah. reseed. But it could, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, Romo and by fan. The way, I literally have no idea. I, I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. I just, in my mind, I thought, that's what the the seedings played out, but I forgot they reseed. See, think, I've been the one seed and the two seed for so long as a Steelers <laughs> fan that I don't worry about any of that. What what seed were they this year? I, I forgot. <sighs> Listen, here's I, the I don't get a chance to do that very often, so I have to take the one opportunity. The Steelers are going to get to seven Super Bowls before the Dallas Cowboys get to six. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, they might, yeah, before the, the Cowboys get to any more, they might get to ten. Uh, um, unbelievable. But no, it was... Uh, it was exciting for people to actually be talking about football in Dallas in January, which hasn't happened in recent years. Even Since though they've the made Super Bowl it, was hosted here. It was the last yeah, time, and the fact that they won a game. But what's sad is they won one game, and you would think that they won the Super Bowl here. I mean, it's like yeah, here. But yeah, I think it's going to last about six more days, and then. Well, I mean, who are the two, one and two seeds in the NFC? Oh, it's the Rams or the Saints. Oh, yeah, you're getting murdered. And they beat the Saints, but that was in Dallas, and now the Saints are ready for the way they play. Dallas beats the Super Bowl champs every year, (laughs) just not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, not when when they need to. Right. So anyway, who cares? Football sucks, and I'm never talking about it again until next season, (laughs) even on a tennis podcast. So, oh. I did watch a little tennis. One last time in your honor. How about them Cowboys? They are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. <laughs> that was in honor of the awful team you played. <laughs> Does that burn you having that? Like, to me, it burns me having the terrible towel. Like, I just hate that. And the Cowboys tried to copy it like every other team does uh, in the game yesterday. But does it burn you having that one, like, audio clip that's so famous about the Cowboys? Oh. You don't care? No. That one doesn't bother me. Okay. I, I just mean, think that's, it... That's, that's a natural, organic... You know, in the moment when they were about to go to their first Super Bowl, did right. you record, have you watched the first <laughs> Super Bowl in '92 yet? I don't I want to really barely it. remember it. Fifty-two, seventeen. Leon Led should have been fifty-nine. Unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, Don Beebe. Yeah, exactly. Should have been the highest score by any team in the Super Bowl, but ruined by Leon Led. So anyway, um, no, it was a natural, organic kind of situation. Whereas America's team's fraudulent. <laughs> that's the thing that bothers me not because i care because i'll take more super bowls any day of the week it's just it's a fraud it didn't even come from your own it came from a 
uh, John Facenda, the but, voice. But I was going to say, is it fraudulent now or has it always been fraudulent? It was fra- fraudulent from Jump Street. Okay. You all of a sudden claimed it. It's like seeing a commercial and all of a sudden, oh, that's what they said about us. Oh, that's us. That, right. We're that. We're that. Let us be that. It's like giving yourself a nickname. Shut up. Well, and I think the, the reasoning behind that they always use is that, you know, it's the most watched team. Like this year, the most watched game was the Cowboys and Redskins. Well, most watched doesn't mean most liked. A lot of people watch because they want them to lose. Right. Um, Um, And and the only reason it even got said in the first place was because you had um, a veteran, you know, from the Air Force Academy and the Air Force um, at quarterback. Right. You know? Um, Which is certainly not why they drafted him. But listen, um, they also had a Vietnam veteran playing for the Steelers, and he played with shrapnel in his foot. There you go. For a season. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's... Rocky Blyer, nothing? It definitely sounds silly to use that name now. Like, I've never called them that, and even saying it now seems even more ridiculous than it used to be. In the 90s, you could understand it because they were really good and really popular. Well, in that case, the Patriots are America's Well, that's now. what I would say. If you were had to say one now, I would say it's them. Yeah, but they still don't garner the the fandom that the Steelers they and the Cowboys do. No. I mean, I think the Cowboys and Steelers are probably the two most popular teams. Yeah, probably. So. I mean, maybe the Bears, just because they've been around so long, but they haven't had enough success in the last 20 no years. No team that has been or ever will be or is currently in L.A. will be one of the most popular <laughs> ever. Yeah, All but, right. So, uh, tennis, tennis podcast, is this what we're talking about today? Is that what we're going <laughs> to get It is January. Yeah, but there was a bunch of action on. A bunch of action. Some say the last Hopman Cup. Oh, really? Well, the ATP Cup or whatever the hell that thing's called is going to be coming in and more competition. So I don't know. Is it going to be the same weekend? I don't know. There's just a lot of speculation from people that seem to do research on tennis and do stuff on tennis that seem to think this might be the It's not been said, but all indications are that this might be the last one. (laughs) Well, and I know you're not a big fan of mixed doubles, but I do like that they did something different with that event. Like it's... Men's singles, women's singles, and mixed doubles. It gives you something a little different. It's weird that they copy world team tennis. <laughs> and it's non-elimination. So, like they were talking about, uh, I watched Kerber and Benchich a little bit of that match. And they were talking about how Kerber went 4-0 this week. And I thought, well, yeah, anybody who wins the last day goes 4-0. Well, and then I was like, oh, wait, they play 4 no matter what. Well, or we, 3. We can go ahead and cancel the 2019 tennis season. <laughs> men's and women's. Completely. Because we've been to the mountaintop. We've been to the pinnacle. <laughs> Federer and Serena were on the same court. That's all we. The ever two wanted. greatest players in the history of the world. Uh, I need a snoring effect because I don't like doing it. Myself. And and it's, Federer couldn't handle her serve the first two points. Didn't you read that? Oh yeah, it's unreadable. <laughs> Yours is too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up. And then the selfie stick. Like was this two thousand five? Like that. Into the selfie stick still existed, but he's got to take the selfie. Unbelievable. It's, yeah, I did not watch that match. I did not care to watch that match. You're the worst. Um, and it's funny. It's just funny to me the things that draw attention in tennis are the things that I just don't care about at all. Well, it's it's like we've talked about on a smaller, not, not on a smaller scale, but sort of on a on, on the tour scale, having to do with either the men's that they're they're really pushing this stardom, you know, this this star power quality of Federer, Nadal to a lesser, dramatically lesser degree, Djokovic. And if they if that's all they're hanging their hat on, we're in big big trouble. Well, uh, this is even worse because it it's not real. It's never going to happen in any in any legitimate way. 
And if it did, it'd be even more ridiculous right. to have you know the greatest woman of all time and the greatest tennis player of all time on the same court at the same time, quote unquote, playing each other. Right. And one of the ads or one of the things on Twitter, it just had their pictures. And I'm like, <laughs> but they're playing doubles. I know. What do we? What do, well, what do you? And I don't know if we talked about this two weeks ago, but I think I had mentioned I had heard leading up to that that they were going to play each other. Didn't say anything about doubles. It's right. Like, it just said Federer's playing Serena. I thought. Right. I was shocked, first of all, and I was like, wow, I can't believe that's actually happening. Well, then, it's like you said, it, that was their false sort of promotion. Well, and Federer, Federer did, I think, did with his racket on the down low what Andy Murray does every time he gets in his dumb face in front of a mic. He <laughs> virtue signaled by not just slapping winners every time Serena hit a ball to him. Right. Uh, you know, oh, I couldn't read her serve. So what? Yeah. So what? At top speed, it's 120. Right. That's a men's second serve. Yeah. Give me a break. And I'm not saying, and you and I are not saying that she can't hit serves and he can't return. Right. But, you know, it's doubles of any kind. The serving team's going to have a huge advantage in doubles regardless. Yeah, I didn't. Let me tell tell you who I saw play some dubs. Taylor Townsend played some dubs. Oh, really? Yeah, she was... She was um, playing in, I don't know what she's in, Shenzhen? Shenzhen? She's sort of re-surfaced a little bit this year. Yeah. 2018, I noticed she was starting to come around again. I don't know if her ranking's been up or she was injured or what, but I started to see her name a lot more. Well, I there's 19 tournaments going on all at the same time. because <laughs> All on one channel. There's literally no lead up to the Australian Open. It's like you, you wake up on Christmas morning, you open presents, <laughs> and then you're in the Australian Open. It's what it feels like. And they have like six tournaments in one like 100 mile radius. That that too. That too, except for Doha. And then they said Kerber plays, you know, eight matches and she's going to go play Sydney that starts, you know, probably today or tomorrow and then play the Australian that starts a week from today. So, yeah. So I think she was in Shenzhen. Let me look at the doubles draws. Uh, But yeah, so she was playing some ball. She looked good. Um, Now, I don't know if they won. I don't even know if this is the right tournament. Maybe it was a futures or something a, a challenger i have no idea but uh well i think her ranking is at least good enough to get in the slams now did you see who got the uh australian open wild card from america take a guess men's nope jackson nope it's it's nope it's a bad uh it's you, not true you knew they had to, i mean now i don't know if he won the qualifying tournament or whatever maybe he did but i guess he had to have because i know they always have one but i know he was the american he was the only american wild card that i saw maybe there were two but I know he was one of the ones that got it. What? Taylor Townsend. They lost to Bouchard and Kennan in the finals, uh, in the women's doubles finals in uh, Auckland. Oh, Kennan is American, right? Um, yes. Yeah. So Bouchard has... Uh, so here's some people that have kind of resurfaced, and I'm hoping it all works out. Nisha Corey looked good. He just won. Yeah. Um, in singles. Obviously in singles. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Um, so he beat Daniel Medvedev, um, Russian collusion, and uh, <laughs> in three, but still, he held it together. Um, and then uh, Bouchard is back uh, she, and looked pretty good, I, I thought. No, yeah, I saw some of her, and you know, it's kind of like you want to you wanna hope these tournaments mean something and people build on them, but it's always hard to say because there's, there's always that there's always that balance of. Did they play too much lead-up tennis going to the slam, or did they play not enough? And that's probably when you sign up for a tournament. You don't know if you're going to lose first, second round, or you're going to go all the way. That's why I think these 
tournaments like Hopman where you have guaranteed matches are what the players are starting to gravitate towards. Yeah, because you know what to expect. It's right. like preseason. Like the Boodles, they want three yeah. matches guaranteed, <laughs> four matches. Fighting. That's going to be, it'll be interesting to see if the bigger names start to gravitate towards those instead of the traditional warm-up tournaments. Which would be a shame, honestly. Um, another shame, Maria Sharapova. <laughs> she had to retire against Sabalenka. And uh, who knows why. And Osaka did too, right? Yeah. Osaka didn't look great. Yeah, I mean, again, are they retiring so they'll be better at the Australian? Or are they retiring because they can't play? They couldn't finish. That's that's what we don't really know. But either way, it's not encouraging. Yeah, but Osaka didn't look good at all. So who knows? There's definitely, and that's what I heard you guys talk about last week, there's definitely a lot more entry going into the the women's season than there is in the men's. The men's, I agree, totally agree with what you said about all their eggs being in one basket with the big three, and once those are gone, and I'm including Serena in that too, it's just they've they've left us with no one else to root for. And I'm not saying they shouldn't hype up Federer versus Serena. It's a, That's a tournament decision. They've got to get, you know, eyeballs and butts and seats, but... You know, that's there's got to be something up and coming. Well, may and may, you know, listen, I don't market, you know, entertainment for a living. I don't have to sell tickets to anything, all that kind of stuff. So people that do that for a living, you know, they they know what they're doing theoretically. And honestly, maybe uh, maybe our game is a dumb game and we shouldn't even be involved in this industry and the only thing that matters is hanging on to these you know world famous celebrities and that's all that really matters uh or maybe these people aren't bigger than the game and we need to get back to pushing you know what it means to build up to a major and to win a major and then you know switch surfaces play a different major um you know in in the season of tennis as it were um, or these tournaments, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but that's the question that we talked about um, last week with Blair, is that can women's tennis carry tennis in the absence of the big three when they retire? Because right. right now, I don't care about Zverev. He just got his ass kicked again by Federer. Again, it was again it's a Hotman Cup, you know, whatever. But right. uh, they seem to be trying. Yeah. Um, and he got beat four and two. Uh, and, you know... It, Six four oh, that seems like a close set, right. but not if you had no danger on your own serve the whole time. Right, it's certainly then it's routine. Well, and how does he go into any significant match with Federer with confidence after that? Especially in a three out of five setting where he's never beaten anybody really of consequence. Right. right, but I mean, I would rather have seen just for the sake of growing the game, it would have been better to see Federer and Serena versus you know Tsitsipas and you know some up and coming the female player. So put Federer and Serena on the same team, and then we see, okay, this is the present Some or youngsters. fading, you know, present right. versus the future, and then we have somebody to follow, you know, later on. Tiafo having Tiafo and Benchich in that was point. I mean, Benchich is young and kind of up and coming, but it was a little bit pointless to see those two. That they think Tiafo's up and coming, but I don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. And again, seeing them against each other, it was just for the Federer Serena deal. Nothing else mattered. Yeah. So on the men's side, we had uh, Brisbane. Or Brisbane is if you're American, just reading it. <laughs> Brisbane, uh, Nishikori wins that, and he hadn't won a title in a minute. Um, it was a New York Open. Was that the last? Maybe. Um, and that was like maybe almost a full year ago. I think that was in February, maybe. Uh, nope. 
three years after catching his 11th tour level title in Memphis. Man, so the New York Open was not, maybe it was too low to count, right. or maybe he lost in the finals. I thought he won it because he won the challenger here, but that obviously is not tour level. Right. Um, so uh, Nisha Corey ends his streak. And again, like we talked about, part of the reason this is the weakest air in the history of men's tennis, undeniable, <laughs> uh, is guys like Nisha Corey and Del Potro can't stay healthy. Right. You know, so now you got a guy like Nishikori who theoretically could push the t- the big three. And he's, you know, been on and off so much that uh, you can't expect, you know, I, d- I don't have a problem with his, his uh, losing streak because he's been so banged up. You can't, right. you can't get any rhythm. You can't get confidence. You can't get anything if you're just stop and start. So, But if we had Murray, like you said, if we had Murray, Warinka, Nishikori, Del Potro, and Chilich in every slam. 100% healthy. We would have great, we would have had great tennis the last five to eight years. Hmm. If, assuming they were playing up to their levels, what I mean. Yeah. But that has never happened. We're lucky if we get two of them, you know, playing at their highest level. That makes a difference. That might, hmm, hmm. So part of it is their absence, but even when they're there, what we've complained about is when some of the big three aren't there and those guys are, they don't do anything with that opportunity. Right. Only the one of the big three that's there wins. Right. Which tells you that it's, you know, they're, they're not superior to the other dregs that are in their same, you know, ranking area, that five to 20 or, range. Or maybe they are, but they can be got by the people lower. Yeah. They maybe can get a little bit of the big three, but not consistently enough. So anyway, yeah, I, uh, so that does make a big difference, and I think it would would be less glaring if all of those guys were healthy all of the time. Not all the time right. is a bit much, but you know, more consistently. What, um, did you like the fact that there were so many tournaments on at once that you nope. could? Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, the only good thing about it was that you could watch live tennis pretty much any time of day. Well, almost. Yeah. I mean, but it had to be. But you didn't know if it was going to be good or not. That too, which I don't care about. I don't yeah. care about knowing the. I mean, because if I'm going to be consistent, I don't care about watching stars right i want to watch two people compete at their highest level which is still a very good level of tennis it's not like it's bad tennis if it's not the big three well that's Um, what i'm saying is good they never do this but what would be good about having multiple terms on at once is if something sucks they could turn to something else right they're going to show federer no matter what they're going to show serena no matter what they're going to show you know those those matches regardless of the quality or the score but it would have been nice like that kerber benchich match was great second set was right. tie break and it yeah. was back and forth and real interesting and it made the it made them have to play the mixed doubles for the finals so that was interesting but like that Federer's Zverev sounds like a snooze but they are, of course are going to show that all the way through no matter what <laughs> obviously um, so we've got uh, Pliskova wins in uh, also in Brisbane or Brisbane I feel like she's already peaked it you know maybe sounds bad to say that but I don't think she kind of had her little moment of number one in the world and I don't think anybody's too threatened by her anymore maybe who knows it's why you say that and you're in way more danger on the women's side by saying that because anybody who has done it is a threat and there's some that haven't done it that are a threat so it's really it's really a wild scene out there on the women's side I know well what I mean is I don't see her as ever becoming a dominant number one but again uh, there's probably i could probably almost list everybody in that category as probably never going to be a dominant number one i don't know that women's tennis will have a dominant number one in the next 10 years kerber was the closest besides serena including serena 
Uh, well, she won't ever be a number a dominant number one ranking wise because she won't play enough tournaments. She could be dominant in terms of her record, hmm. but she won't play. I mean, this was her first tournament she played since U.S. Open, so she'll at most play fifteen tournaments this year. If she won ten of those, she still wouldn't be. Well, that ten would be a lot, but right. if she won half, she would still not be a huge have a huge edge being number one because Halep's going to play twenty five tournaments and win five and make the finals of five others well yeah so um sabalenko wins in shenzhen does that matter did sherpova start that match or no yes because they delayed it a day for rain she lost a first set a tight (laughs) 6-1 wow and then retired down 4-2 in the second Okay, well, Sabalenka's supposed to be an up-and-comer, right? Sure. Huge, big hitter. Yeah, so that But could've... I'm always leery of big hitters everywhere, um, but also on the women's side because... I know, here we go. <laughs> I've got no woman to contradict me, so I'm going to win. Um, well, the reason I say that is because... Oh, God. Where do you start? Physically, the ball is not going to travel as fast off a woman's racket as a man's. So big hitter on the men's side you actually there's more upside for going for bigger shots because right. you know on the women's side but coach madison keys has the fastest average ground stroke of any player male or female i don't understand that <laughs> i don't understand how that you that's but, that's average that's why oh she I hits see. everyone hard but she doesn't you know she's 10 or 15 off the max pace of i got you. a guy i would assume but she's and it's hard for you to get a, a quality stat because she makes two balls in a row right um, but anyway, so you know that that upside of hitting hitting big is is greater on the men's side because you can swing faster. Ultimately, more more racket head speed, which means more spin, which means more shots having a chance to go in. But when they do go in, they're more forcing, and women can cover the court really well. Better, I think, relative. So a, a woman's court coverage is better relative to big hitters in her game than a men's court coverage is relative to bigger hitters in the men's game. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And don't you also think there's way more? Like, did any of that just make sense? Oh, it did. I yeah. don't know if it made sense. No, to me it did. You're, I yeah, I know what you're saying, but I think there's also way more defensive players on the WTA tour than there are offensive. Because then there it, are offense, defense on the men's. It pay because it pays better dividends. Right, it pays better dividends because less women can hit through players, uh, and so well, it, they even grow up playing that. Because you watch, even at the junior level, there's way more defensive. You don't want to say moonballers, but that style of play works way better, and it's a lot more prevalent. Right. So they they keep carry that over to the tour. I mean, Wozniacki's defensive player. Nobody that plays like Wozniacki would be in the top fifty on the men's tour. It just wouldn't work that style of high loopy top spin and right. wait for them to make a mistake. Right. No, and to be fair, I mean, men are hot, taller on average, so the ball didn't get up on them as much. But. I mean, Ferrer, I guess, could be considered that, and he was top 10 forever, but. Well, anyway, my point, I don't know what my point was. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So watching big hitters, you know, so everybody's all hyped up about, you know, um, Sabalenka, but, you know, that comes with a, that comes with a danger. Um, because you're going to have some streaks where you can power through three or four players at the tail end of a Grand Slam tournament, and then boom, you're the winner. Right. But then you can immediately go away and play like crap 
and have, you know, no rhythm, have a bunch of unforced errors and don't beat anybody like, oh, I don't know, Muguruza. Right. Um, I'm just going to call her Muguruza. I'm done with that. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. I don't understand. So I'm just, it's a Z, so I'm just saying it as a Z because I feel like an idiot when I try to pronounce an, a, another language. So anyway, so Sabalenka, so it'll be interesting to watch how she does coming up um, in Australia. Uh, when you notice those players, you only see on you know, fast serve, like Kvitova won two Wimbledons, but what else did she win? Nothing. Same with Key. She made a US Open final, but, you know, we haven't seen those big hitters be able to translate to multiple surfaces. It's been, it's been Halep, it's been Kerber, you know, Serena. Though, I mean, her Serena's a big hitter, but she does a lot more than just hit big. Right. But those are the players that have had success on multiple surfaces. So she'll probably have to add some more to her game if she's going to be, reach that level of success. So this is not a quiz, it's not a test, but, uh, <laughs> Who won the doubles in Auckland? Um, it's okay to say I don't know. I was going to say I have no clue. Well, it was Bouchard and Kennan. Okay. Who, who won the doubles in Shenzhen? Um, you don't know. It's okay. No. Uh, Pang and Yang. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Pang and Yang. Um. Now, the reason you don't know is because it doesn't matter. Because nobody cares about doubles. I was amazed you even saw Taylor Townsend in doubles. Wait a minute. Do you think Fast Four is the answer to fix that? The answer is no! Yeah, I, I was going to say no. Did you see any of the... I mean, how much doubles did you watch of the of the Hotman Cup? Yeah, I saw enough to know that it was Fast Four. It turned me off immediately. Well, and especially when it not only is it fast forward, it's also the, the deciding part of the match. So you made the deciding part the most erratic and, you know, whatever word I'm looking for, but <laughs> crappy. I was going to say the other word for crappy, but um, getting brave. Have the, having that be the end of a head-to-head matchup between two countries seems ridiculous to me. And it's not between two countries. Nobody cares. Well, I know. Um, I, had to, I had to hesitate when I was watching. They kept saying the score and I couldn't understand. I was like, what are they saying? And then I was like, Oh, it's Germany. <laughs> they were saying the country instead of the players' names. Right, right. Um and I was like, Oh, I forget this is supposed to be country versus country. Like it matters. No, it doesn't at all. Nobody cares. But yeah, so the fast four is garbage. And we've talked about this in the past with I guess adult, you know, like amateur adult right. stuff. And it, it just it just sucks. To me I actually think it devalues doubles even more by using that format oh yeah everything Um, they do devalues doubles they don't care about doubles but the problem is what do you do if it accomplishes two things which is one gets higher profile names to play and two gets more people to watch then what do you how do you justify not doing it i'm not saying that happened but if those two things happened i don't know how you would justify not so a lot of so one thing that lower level pro tournaments do so like i'm talking about the challenger level what they do is they have a pro-am prior to the event. Right. Or And so... And it helps subsidize the event. It helps subsidize the event, you know, and to be honest with you, it helps subsidize some of the players. I mean, yeah. because you can get some of these lower-level players that'll still beat anyone uh, that, that plays in the pro-am, but, uh, you know, they're still not making any money. Right. And so you, you give them some change, you know, and then some, you know, then the tournament gets some... And local people, league players, et cetera, get to play with professional players. And then, 
you know, five years from now, they get to see him at Wimbledon and say, hey, I was on the plate against that person. So they're a wonderful, wonderful event, but nobody cares about them. Right. There's no difference to me between if they just switched all of the Grand Slam doubles to fast four, then it's just an exhibition. Yeah. And why, you know, I I don't know. I, I, I almost think, I think you've talked about this on this pod, that we just need to have two separate seasons, a single season or a double season. Well, and in the Grand Slam, even if you did fast four, you're still not going to get Federer, right. Nadal, Djokovic. I mean, I don't know how you – I mean, you would almost have to play the doubles – As this sounds terrible. This devalues doubles even more. But it would, you'd almost have to say the doubles starts the second Monday of the tournament, and it's like a sign-in like sign draw. <laughs> and then if somebody loses early – yeah, maybe they'll sign up and play. Like Djokovic loses the second round. There's no way he's sure he'll sign lose up and play in the second round. Well, I know no that hasn't happened in no chance five years, but I just don't know. I don't know how you get them to play in doubles unless you just say to play singles you have to sign up for doubles. But that would that would screw all the doubles players that have earned the right to play. But they haven't. Well, I, don't know, you know, I mean, you would be number one in the world if seven billion people quit playing tennis. <laughs> Right. So does that mean you deserve to be number one? I guess technically you do, but you're not good enough. There's way better tennis players in this room. Yeah. Than, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know what they can do. And the thing is, I don't even think doubles is unpopular. I just think it's not, they don't give it a chance. And it's like, yeah, who would want to watch Yang and Ping again? I don't know who they beat. But yeah, that's not a match anybody wants to watch. But part of the reason we don't want to watch it is we don't know those players from any other tournaments that we could have seen them. They could be the number three team in the world. We don't even know. Right. Yeah. So I so fast four, here here's what's extremely telling is that you have an event that seems to be fairly popular with players. They have a good time going down there. I mean, the number one player, you know, number one player in all time of history, uh, Pete Sampras. Uh, is uh, is playing in it, you know, represent quote unquote representing his country, right? Uh, and then you do, you know, then you make it doubles a joke, even though it's it's an the Hopman Cup itself is an exhibition, right? So then you make doubles, which is part of the exhibition, even more exhibitiony, right? So it's like an exhibition within an it, it it's it's uh it's like the Matrix. I mean, you got a match <laughs> inside a match. Well, you know, Australia. They must have some body similar to the USTA because you know that they're pushing that format and like everything in Australia, not just professional. They're doing like all their wow. club stuff. Like, cause that's where it started. That fast forward is an Australian thing. Hewitt was the one that promoted it last year. That's when I first heard about it. And so they're trying to translate it. So that must be part of the reason they use it. Oh, look, the pros are doing it. So we can do it in our, you know, club, you know, eight Australian tennis association leagues or whatever they do there. Houston, we have a problem. I'm telling you, I mean, things like that are going to be the downfall of this game. <laughs> it's that simple. I mean, nobody cares about wrestling or boxing or horse racing. <laughs> Those used to be ginormous sports. Right. Ginormous sports. And now nobody cares about them. It, and, and now, granted, I don't know how the rest of the world cared about those sports. I'm talking about here, but nobody cares anymore. And, uh, and if, I mean, I, people just... I guess just think, wow, there's no way that could ever happen. That's insane. Why not? Why not? Lacrosse is 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 eclipsing tennis and popularity for Pete's sakes <laughs> in, in America once again. So anyway, 
By the way, you know that clip you played? You know that's not what they actually said to uh, Houston when they had that issue happen? What did they say? They said, Houston, we've had a problem. <gasps> so that's one of the most famous quotes in the world, and it's false. I thought... Just that thought I'd was, throw that out there. I thought... Uh, I can't even say it because I don't know what games you've watched. <laughs> Golly! Not the one that's playing right now. You're the worst. I don't know which one. Are the Texans playing now? When did that they That was yesterday. Did you watch that one? I did. Okay. It was awful. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, I don't know how they made the playoffs based on that game. They took the spot from the Steelers, apparently. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we've we had a bunch of tournaments, and all the finals were on at the same time. It was mayhem. You never knew which tournament was going on, and uh, yeah. Well, and that's what we've talked about, watching tournaments as the week goes on, and you look forward to players meeting each other, playing each other, and then you realize they're not because they're not in the same event. Um, you know, again, the, the only good thing about it is, number one, we have a lot of options, and two, you don't see the same matches coming up in the Australian that you that you would see this week if everybody was in the same draw. But, I mean, how often would that happen anyway? I think it's just, I mean, I think having, there was literally five events this week yeah. on one channel. I mean, that was, and the, and the tennis channel promoted that. Like that was a, that was a cool thing. Well, I mean, it's cool for them. I mean, you know, they're bouncing around and all that, but it all it does. So here's the reason why though, because the U S open series is however many weeks long. Right. So you can have a tournament each. And there's a couple of times where the men and women are at the same place at the same time, but the rest of the time it's two different tournaments. You know, the women are, somewhere in the men or somewhere else right and uh but you have a long lead up the australian you have no lead up so instead of having one tournament for several weeks in a row you have several tournaments for two weeks in a row right uh, so i guess that's sort of where where it falls but um it's just too much well and it's funny even with all those events you still didn't have nadal play you still don't have Djokovic play you still have you know some of the ladies skits it's like i don't know it's it's I know they can't move the Australian later. That's what I've heard anyway with their, their way their summer is right. and school being out and all that. But I don't know. There's got to be something. Make it like a fiscal year, man. Just start the season in November. Yeah. End it in September. Have all of October off in the beginning of September and then have all of October off in the second half. Well, I guess you October 1 could be the, the, the top eight. Right. And then have all of october off except for the first you know whatever a couple of days and then have maybe the december one how about that december yeah, one right after thanksgiving right after thanksgiving it starts you skip christmas and then or not i don't care right there's a lot of countries that host when, tournaments whenever other sport now is playing on you know christmas yeah yeah good point um and then and then you have a lead up at least into the australian besides this jam-packed nonsense and then you can leave it where it's at. So make the so change our calendar instead of January, have an Australian Open series, but start it in early December. Yeah, and then boom, the Australian. The one you the, the two you have to separate are the French and Wimbledon. Right. That's you got to move the French a little earlier and push, even if it's one week on either end. Right. Move move the French a week earlier. Push Wimbledon back a week. Whatever, and then have a min, you know then a series ish for Wimbledon. I think to not have, I mean, at least four weeks of a lead up and even four is short. None of these tournaments matter. These tournaments feel like preseason again. Right. And what we've done is turn the seasons into, by the way, well, you know what? Let's talk. Let's finish talking about that when we come back. 
tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. What I was going to say is uh, I saw a tweet. That rem- I was starting to talk about the Grand Slam tournaments, and I saw a tweet that I thought, what a, what a baby. <laughs> and then I thought, wait a second, I gotta do the same thing. <laughs> so somebody sent out a tweet saying they they wish that people would get terminology correct, and that it's not a Grand Slam tournament; it's a major. A Grand Slam is winning all four, which comes from baseball, obviously, where yeah. you know, the base is loaded and the hitter hits a home run and you score four runs. So that's where Grand Slam comes from because there's four tournaments, four majors, right? Um, and I, I was like, what? <laughs> Just shut up, dude. Just call them Grand Slam tournaments. Nobody cares. Because uh, there are four majors, right. which I think can make up a Grand Slam well, schedule. And I think major was stolen from golf. Right. So, I mean, when you say who has the most Grand Slam titles, you're talking about Federer having 20 or what? I mean, that's... Right. You don't say who has the most major titles Right, because if, if he had 20 Grand Slams, that means he got 80 majors. Right. Yeah, Because he won all four in a row. Um, which, why couldn't he? <laughs> if Djokovic and Nadal weren't playing, he would. Exactly. <laughs> but Why? Because he's the greatest player in the history of the game. Exactly. <laughs> okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but uh... so. But I was thinking I do the same thing, but it's on a minor scale. It dri- one thing that drives me insane, and it's just a small thing. It's like people grinding their teeth. It, it drives me insane, and that is when people say instead. So you first game. You serve, of course. I break you, and now I'm up one nothing. <laughs> right. What do we do? Switch ends. There we go. Uh-huh. We change sides. We change ends. I almost we, did. We, I know you. I, I was leading you into, it and you could smell the <laughs> trap. Um, yes. So we change ends, not switch sides. Switching sides means going from the do side to the <laughs> add side, or in the reverse. Ironically, this is getting me fired up. But here's the effing problem with that. Nobody knows the difference when I say. All right, let's change ends. They just stand there, and or they switch sides. Or if I say let's switch sides, they change it. Like they don't understand the difference when I say ends or sides. So I don't know if you knew this or not, but students are a reflection of their teacher. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say something even more basic than that, which is when I say, "Oh, how'd the match go?" Well, I won the first game six four. I lost the second game, you know, six six. Oh, that well, that's the worst. That that's kills just, me. That well, doesn't. And I try to explain sense. to them. I don't correct them because I'm not a corrector, but I. I mean, like at that moment. But you use it correctly. Right. And, and later I try to tell them like, you know, it's wrong, but it's not the fact that it's wrong that bothers me. It's the fact that it makes you look bad when you're explaining it because it makes you look like you don't know what you're talking about. But, well, yeah. Like, I don't care that it's wrong because people say stuff that's wrong all the time, including us every week. No way. No but way. it makes you look bad when you're talking to somebody about it. Um, like I used to hear the thing that used to annoy me when people, people say, you know, we'd say what the score, somebody would come off a match and. Oh, six three six three. Oh, you won. No, I lost. Well, then it was three six three six. Like Unless if you say six three six three, them that's fine. Well, if you and I play, right? Exactly. Then that, that doesn't bother me. But to come off and say six right. four six four, and if I ask who won and you say me, well, that's fine. Right. But a lot of times they don't. Right. Right. If you ask me the score, I would say she won six four six four. Right. And that's fine because she beat me. Obviously, yeah. girls are. <laughs> um. 
players rubbed off on you from last week. But I will tell you this, as a as a tournament director over the years, you're running a site and you, people are reporting scores to you. You don't want them to do that. Right. Because the, you're writing 6-4-6-4. Six, four, six, they're, four. they're not telling you the score from their perspective. They're giving you the score from the draw sheet's perspective. Right. And the draw sheet's going to have the other person's name move forward. So it's always from the winner's point of view, right. no matter what. Right. Um, nobody cares about what we're saying. But if you're a <laughs> league player and you're, or you're playing a turn, you know, local tournaments, Go to when you report your score to the tournament desk. Tell them, you know, if you're Smith and you lost to Jones, tell them Jones won six four six four. Don't right. say, you know, the score was four. I, six, don't say four, I six. won first of all because we don't know who you are. <laughs> uh, they sure. love to say that at the tournaments. First too. of all, say men's thirty fives. Right. Draw the B draw line <laughs> seventeen. How did you know about my last tournament? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, line seventeen eighteen. Right. Uh, I was on court twelve. Court, you know. court twelve. That helps too. Give me your give me your court number, and then give them the score. And it's worse when it's a three setter because then you have no idea. Because oh, you know, know you know they don't know what they're doing. Oh, six three three six six three. Right. Well, who won? I did. Yeah. Oh, so you? I know. Uh, you know no way. I lost the set. Yeah, That's they get terrible. it all backwards. Yeah, I don't even let them try. Usually, if I'm the turn, I just say, okay, who won the first set? And I just do it one set at a time because I don't. Yeah, I don't even try. And it's sad because there are a lot of them that get it right, but you don't want to take the risk of them not getting it well, right. Well, your draw's all jacked up and everything. It's all, yeah, exactly. And then I, that doesn't matter to me. That only matters when literally one human being besides the person that played will ever see that score online anywhere right. ever. right. But they call and say, uh, a week later, uh, by the way, uh, you have the score wrong. It's, right. It was 6364, not 6363. That's my favorite. Although, I will okay, say. Okay, I'll get right on that. I will say, nowadays, when the kids do that in college, a seven game um, loss. So if you win seven games in a loss, in a straight set loss, um, you get credit with UTR. It's a yeah. quote unquote competitive match. So well, I think even USTA every game counts too. So I mean I can, but it to me I'm not going to call for one game. If it's two games, then I might call. But to me, one game calling is just like whatever. Right? Maybe I didn't remember it right or what? You know? Yeah. It's it's not worth it. Uh, I've had people. I've had people. Here's worse. The score was six three six four. I've had people call. Actually, it was six four six three. I'm like, okay, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. That's even worse. Yeah. When you, does it matter if you? It, yeah. Which. Which well, set was I really which? want to know that I serve first in the first set. <laughs> Shut up. Yes, they're tennis pet peeves. A new new segment we have in January for you. <laughs> um, well, we could fill out the whole year. These would drive me insane. Another thing that drove me insane, I saw a tweet from Prince, not the singer. He's not with us anymore. Right. But the racket company, and it was some kind of uh, like limited edition or something, Prince slash Boast racket. You remember Bose, the clothing company? No, I don't. It looks like a little pot leaf on it. Huh. Really? No. Uh-uh. Used to wear, we used to wear I Bose. I wasn't ever stylish. It, it, I don't know that it ever was. <laughs> uh, I used to, we used to wear those in high school. A cheap okay. high school. They're, uh, they've, they're doing something together? Yeah, and I thought to myself, well, that makes sense because nobody cares about either of these companies. <laughs> That's fantastic. So they've doubled their... Uh, their viewership isn't a negative number times a negative number <laughs> an even bigger negative number you're farther away from zero they're trying to uh feed off of the adidas success i guess get with the clothing company that was just the best they could get 
Yeah, well, in in the clothing company, the best they could get was Prince, I guess. And yeah. I'm sad. I'm sad about it. Every time I see a Prince tweet, because I follow them for this reason alone, <laughs> so I can reach. I almost retweeted at them. Um, why? I literally just say why, <laughs> and that's it. Question mark. Um, get your life together, Prince. Get your life together. Uh, we would be more than happy to be the official podcast of Prince Tennis. We would probably still make fun of you, but only. Only as in as much as it helps you grow as a brand. Right. We're going to, you know, it's if we punch you in the face, eventually you'll learn to duck. <laughs> so it's, it, you know, it's helpful for boxing if you punch a guy in the face. Eventually he's going to move. Right. So we're going to help you by punching you in your Twitter face. <laughs> and hopefully that will help you tweet better and think of better ideas. Because, I mean, they used to be the number two racket in the, you know. When I was going to say, they're not far enough removed. They're not so far removed from success that they couldn't get it back. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean. Because enough people still know what Prince is. Well, and, I mean, here's who they're hanging on to. All right. They're hanging on to the Bryan brothers. Yeah. And Granny's double team and the history of whatever until Jack Sock. <laughs> so, I'm serious. I mean, it's not good. Um they're hanging on to, to the Bryan brothers, and right. who knows? I mean, I'm assuming they're going to come back all in because because one of them was out, and they want to kind of, you know what I mean? They right. want to get him back healthy. I don't know which one was out. They're twins, they look like. Um, so we'll see the number one, you know, the best team ever swing at Prince Raggins one right. more time. And then they're also holding on to John Isner. That's it. So well, and this is not. This is going to sound. Even me saying this is still going to sound like an insult. But no <laughs> offense to either of those two players, or even those two, those three players. But am I basing my racket decision off of either of those three players? Like, really, to me, there's only four people that are probably influencing rackets, which is Serena, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal. I don't think anybody else, unless I'm just an obscure fan of one guy randomly. I don't know that anybody else is buying a racket just because somebody uses it. Maybe if you're from a country that the player's from. But to I, me, there's such a small percentage of people. Right. I would say, number one, if you are an all-timer, then it matters what you play with. Right. So what what Nadal did for Babala, by the way, that's the correct pronunciation, even though everybody says Babalot. Yeah. Um, what he did for Babalot. And Roddick, though. You know what? You're right. And Kim Kleisters. Yeah. Um, back in the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, but he continued it into, yeah. into a beyond. I'm not. Are you saying Roddick is at the same level? Of, <laughs> well, when the racket first started, I'm saying he fair was. Enough. But fair yeah. enough. Right, 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 right. Um, so, yeah. So in those cases. But yeah, is what does Chilich play with? I no, don't know. No clue. No idea. But if you're from his or if he's your favorite player, most likely the reason he is is because you're from that country right. or have heritage right um and therefore he's going to be your favorite player therefore you're going to going to you know see what he but yeah i mean that should be an indication right there that we're right about this being the weakest <laughs> error because back in the day i mean chang i mean he played with prince yeah and a lot of people play with prince and wore those awful pump up prince tennis shoes <laughs> um because he played with them and he was not you know the greatest ever but he was very popular and one of the top four or five americans during his era right um you know so i i do think that more lower players factored into who was playing with what back then compared to now 
Yeah, maybe because, I mean, now we have a lot more information, obviously, about shoes, I mean, or any rackets or anything. You can look them up immediately, so you don't need to. Like, back then, that was pretty much your only indication. You saw tennis rackets, you know, on TV that couple hours a week, you didn't have the option to go online and look up shoes and look up, you just saw he's wearing them, must be good. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, over time, there's been good, good things about Prince. We used them for team shoes for a couple of years in a row. When they had I the, remember. Those Prince T. And I still love those. Whatever they're called. T, it's T. Back then it was T22. Now they're up to yeah. something. But I've still, I had a pair of T22s like two years ago that were still good. There you go. But that you bought new. Yeah, that I bought new. Okay. And they've they're still making that series. You know, a lot of people like their tennis balls for a while. Um, I don't think they caught, you know, enough popularity to keep going. I don't think they're making them anymore, but there were things about them that people liked. They bounced higher for whatever reason, so it was good for they lasted a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, it's just funny how things like that go in cycles. I don't know. This doesn't seem like a cycle. <laughs> it just seems like they've been pushed so far down. And I, I think they're owned by somebody else now. Well, now it costs so much money to get back in. Like, they're not going to get one of the big three men or Serena. So who are they going to, you know, who can they afford to spend a couple million dollars a year on that they know is going to be popular, that they know is going to be good and popular enough to, you know, drive racket sales. Right. Yeah. I remember we had a Wilson... uh I did a Wilson uh, convention a couple of years ago and one of the guys just happened to, one of the head guys of the company just happened to sit down at our table and he said, you know, so who do you think we should be investing in? And I distinctly remember, you know, discussions about Bouchard, Rounich, Sock, and it was just, and so, I mean, it, they, nobody had a clue. We don't know. We didn't know then who would be good or who wouldn't be good. We were just guessing, you know, based on recent history and all the players we discussed, none of them became huge. You know, Rounich probably the closest well, he's. Uh, but that was they were listing people that hadn't really committed to one brand, you know, heavily, right. so they could still be, you know, bought in theory. Right, because they're looking for that bar, you know, that that value. They right. don't want somebody five year contract from someone who's seventeen or eighteen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And back then, that so it was more than two years. It was probably this probably six or seven years ago when those people were, you know, just just becoming famous. But I mean, if I'd said Bouchard, he should made three Grand Slam finals in a row and then has made zero since. So that would have been a huge, you know, wasted investment. Well, if if um, if it's any indication, I mean, there's been some all time comp- racket companies that have gone by the wayside. I mean, Don A used to be huge. Right. Um, I mean... They made a movie about a guy, um, <laughs> Bjorn Borg, and more than one, and um, and he's you know the former king of clay, and um, he played with Don A, and so that was a huge rack. But now it's gone. I right. mean, i i had a I had a couple of Don A rackets. Probably what year is this? Eighteen. This is probably five to six years ago, maybe. Yeah. And at one point, they came out with a whole bunch of new rackets. Now, I say came out with. They might have retreated to Europe, sold more heavily in Europe, right. and then tried to get back into the U.S. market. I don't know. But now, I mean, you you can't hardly find Don A rackets anywhere, right. you know, around. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen one hanging in a you know, pro shop. I'm sure you can get them online. Well, yeah, of course you can get anything online. Right. Um, but no, I've never seen them. 
Well, and it's it's kind of a similar analogy to what we're talking about with the Pro Tour is that a lot of these companies, and I even worry about that with Wilson, have so many, you know, eggs in this basket of one player or two players, and when those people are gone, well, then what? Yeah, but they can easily switch because so many people play with Wilson. It doesn't matter. Right. The bigger, yeah. The, but, I mean, that's what people would have thought about Prince, you know, 15, 20 years ago. They would have thought, oh, well, we've got everybody yeah. uses Prince. No big deal. But, you know, when, like, Nadal and Roddick started using, you know, switching all of a sudden, it just takes one or two people to do it that, you know, maybe it changes everything. So, on Tennis Warehouse, which I think is probably one of the top three if not number one. That's probably number one. I would think. Uh, the top three online, you know, tennis gear retailers. Here's the brands they have for rackets. Bobalot, Head, Wilson, Prince, Vocal, Yonix. Those are all in bold. <laughs> I was about to say that they that's all they have. I was kind of surprised. And then they have Dunlop, Prokenix, Technofiber, and Gamma. Gamma? Wow. Gamma. I actually know a guy that he's nationally ranked in like 60s and plays well, with a gamma racket. Of course he does because they're like 110 <laughs> it is. square inches. Uh, and, and they sponsor him. If you touch, if you just, if you put the racket on the ground and just drop a tennis ball <laughs> on it, boom, eight stories up. It's gone. Now I had heard Adidas was making rackets for a while. I guess they've gotten out of it or at least Tennis Warehouse know. got out of it. Who knows? So. No Don A. No Don A. And, and Prince, I mean, you're talking about... Did you say vocal? Yeah, vocal. Okay, vocal's on there. Um, Yonix. Um, I mean, not Yonix. What was it? Um, Yamaha. You remember Yamaha yeah, rackets? Uh-huh. Um, now, that's a huge company that makes lots of money making lots of things. Right. Um, Nike's never gotten into rackets that I'm aware of. They got, they're out of the golf club business, but they were in it pretty heavy for a yeah. while. Oh, Luca Pui uses Prince. How dare me? <laughs> got all about him. So, uh, so yeah, even Tennis Warehouse. So now we'll go to Tennis Express and see um, what brands they sell. Tennis Warehouse have no uh, power angle rackets? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a friend who has one of those. Babylon, is that the two-handled? No, that's the, it's diagonally strung. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got Babylon, Wilson Head, Vocal, Dunlop, Yonex, Technofiber, Prokenix, Gamma, what? Um, and then they have Genesis Rackets. Mm. No idea. Mm-mm. It's a string company. Pacific Rackets. Okay, also, I've heard of those. They yeah. make strings and grip. Yeah. Selenko Rackets. They okay. started as strings and right. grip. Um, no, and they have a whole section for pickleball. <laughs> um, so they've got a little more variety there. A little bit more. Out of these goofy ones, probably nobody else will sell them in America, so they're like, well, I guess we'll do that. So, yeah, it's weird. I I just, I think, it just, it's crazy to me. It'd be like if McDonald's was like, you know, 27th in fast food popularity, right. you'd be like, that's just crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like buying them. Like, we could probably buy them for, you know, 28 cents on the dollar now. Right. But then return them to their you know their status is the the greatest food chain you know not greatest like good but <laughs> right like the wealthiest food chain in the history of the world um that's how i feel about prince it's like what who who is mismanaging it so bad that they have like four rackets now like, well and i feel like 
and you you know this as well as I do, I think most tennis players are are fiercely loyal to their brand. And we know that Prince was like you said, one or two at one point. What do you mean? Like meaning once they have a brand, players or I would say even higher level, you know, once you have a racket you like, you're gonna try as you know, try pretty pretty hard to keep that brand in your next racket iteration. Like the first thing you're gonna do is use the new version of that racket before you try anything else. Like generally you don't seek out other brands if you're satisfied with the brand you're using, and most people are. That's why they used right. it to begin with. Right. Well, meaning like if you're if you're a Wilson twenty years ago, I would say there's probably at least fifty percent chance, if not more, you're still Wilson. I'd say higher than that, and I'm an example of that. Yeah, me Matter too. Matter of fact, I'm using the same racket, you know, the pro staff model. No, wait, I'm using the exact same <laughs> racket, like the literally the same one I bought however many years ago. But meaning, let's say that you decided in 2020 or 2019, so we just started, that you want to try a new racket. The Probably the first racket you're going to try is the newest version of Wilson that's the most similar to that. I one. won't because nobody can replace the 6.0 original. Oh, I know. And I'm furious that they stopped making it <laughs> still to this day. But I mean, generally, that's going to be your first course of action is let me go to the new, newest version of the same brand. Oh, for sure. Even though they all copy each other. Well, not only do they, they copy themselves and they, they change some gimmick and, right. and make, you know, some new, new technology. I mean, we should be colonizing Mars by now <laughs> just based on the innovations in the tennis racket industry. Right. It seems like every year they have a new innovation. I'm like, <laughs> really? We can't turn, um, you know, gold, you know, uh, lead into gold by now <laughs> with all these innovations you y'all have? And it's all these innovations. And it's funny because I string ragged, so I see these innovations, and it's like, well, I wonder what happened to that. You know, power holes or yeah. uh, those rollers. That was another thing. The and, rollers, yes. Um, and the, uh, what was it called? The long body. The prince had the long body with no throat of the racket. It was just. The, well, it was the mono. Yeah. The prince mono. And uh, so there's all these different little things. We know different patterns. Well, now, see, and, but the, that was a pretty significant difference. Yeah, some of them, well, some of them are good and some of them aren't. Most of them are new compounds. They stick together. Right. You know, oh, we're going to try mud and rocks this time. <laughs> this is a caveman series. Right. Um, yeah, cause, because that's what... Cause you And you can look back in history, and it's funny, you can see the phases. Because obviously, wood... I wonder if they went through this during the wood era. <laughs> oh, we're really into hickory. Right. This is the hickory series. Exactly. Oh, no, this is the cedar series. You know, if they didn't, they missed out. They, they totally really did. have now I don't know anything about trees. All right, right. So if I'm saying trees that would never be used to make a racket, <laughs> all right, bear with me, okay? I don't care if you're balsa, balsa wood, arborist. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they just send it all. Our they arborist. Oh, the, <laughs> the arborists are gonna be pick, picketing cer- next week. I certainly, I certainly probably would have played a lot better with a poplar racket. <laughs> if you could pick any term that. You didn't think would be used this week's podcast. Arborist would have to be high on the list. Oh, goodness. Um, I bring out one. <laughs> I think I bring out a word, a decent word you wouldn't expect me to That's say right. um, every week. I, yes. I, w- I would almost think, yeah. Please don't offend our ardent uh, botanist fan base with your uh, analysis of rackets. Yeah, it's, it's um, but I mean, I, I they ha- what else are they going to do? They have to say that it's something new. To get people right, interested. so well, what I was getting at, so once you started with metals, that's when it started to get kooky because you started with aluminum, right? I mean, which I guess 
the only reason that was the first one they started with is because it, it couldn't be iron. I mean, <laughs> right. it'd be, too, you know, I'm not Thor. Or I couldn't <laughs> lift an, uh, an iron racket. Um, although I think that's the kind of rackets they use on Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, so they started with aluminum, but then they started, you know, there was a, there was a boron phase. Do you, you're too young to remember the boron. Phase. I don't think I remember that. Yep. Um, and, and that it's kind of like, didn't he win Wimbledon? Yeah. Boron, even, even <laughs> he's nice. There you go. Um, that was the Goron phase. Uh, and then they had a ceramic phase. I remember that. Remember that? Prince ceramic. Yeah. Oh, it, all or of Wilson them. ceramic. Yeah. They, everybody had a okay. ceramic racket. They were all, they were all, all of them were white. Yeah. Um, I had a Yamaha that was like a, it was like a charcoal on the outside. It was almost rough and gray. It looked weird. Hmm. Um, you had titanium phase, all the, the head yeah, titaniums and all that. Um, call in if you have any other metals, <laughs> precious metals. Graphite. There was a graphite right. phase. So the the uh, the Prince. Speaking of Prince, the the Prince graphite. Was one of their all-time rackets competed with the 60 original, which was Kevlar and graphite. <laughs> yeah. So it doubled uh, when I was working in the Secret Service. I used it. <laughs> um, that didn't work. And now they're all materials you don't even uh, know. You know, it's like basalt is what Wilson had recently, right. and I don't even know what it is now. It's like <laughs> they went to the base of a volcano. Yeah, it helps to know to dig up what the material is for me to get excited about it. It's well, and it, honestly. Are they really using basalt? Right. Or did they just... Basalt is a common extrusive igneous rock <laughs> formed from the rapid cooling of basaltic lava exposed you knew at... You more than I did. ...or very near the surface of a planet or moon. <laughs> there you so, go. So, there you go. I don't know that. That's Wikipedia. Nice. No, I mean, the fact that you knew it was base of a volcano, that was more than I knew. Oh, yeah. I did get that right before I brought it up. Right. Um, so yeah, so it's just funny all these different and, th- and then like you said, then they start with the 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 engineering. Right. Uh, do, so you had the the larger Prince had those big the larger holes, yeah. the power holes. Uh-huh. Wilson had the rollers, right? Which ridiculous, terrible uh, string. Yes, terrible string. And then uh, let's see, how about the the power the, uh, head had those like. The hinges, like the two holes, yes, at the at the whatever. Mm-hmm. What were those called? I can't remember. But uh, they had the liquid metal rockets. Liquid hit, metal. That was you know there was T- that was from T two thousand. Oh really? That started that long ago? No, I was about to say no, 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 no not T two thousand. T Terminator two thousand. T one thousand. T one thousand. Golly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it, it's just it's just it's just funny. They have to. Like I said, what else are they going to do? I mean, they got to make it sound futuristic, I guess. But uh, but that's that that's one thing that drives me insane is that there's nothing really different about these rackets, in my opinion. No. And as a matter of fact, a lot of times tennis contracts, you know, I mean, they require you to play with a racket that cosmetically looks like the racket <laughs> right but you you don't i mean it's just ridiculous well and that's why when he said racket technology we should be on mars like well i don't think it's really changed that much it just they just changed the names and the you know i don't think the rackets themselves have even changed that much in the last 10 to 15 years it's really just like you said different designs cosmetic it's going to drive me insane it was it was right after liquid metal i think 
Oh, the hinges. Um, oh my God, what was that called? People are yelling at their radios. I've right had now. to. I've had to have strung them. I'm sure. I've got a friend who's a stringer. He's. I'm sure he's yelling at us. By the way, this is a plug, unsolicited. But if you're out there in the world getting your racket strung, for the love of Pete, invest in somebody who's certified to string. Now you don't have to be a master racket technician. I mean, that's the highest level, I think, of certification, really, right. there is. Um, but there is a certified stringer. Minimum. Yeah. Go do that. Because you really can... That's one thing that does make a difference, is your racket setup. Right. Um, what we've used in the past, we don't always use it because it's a big hit on the old budget there at my college, but we will employ a master racket technician for a lot of reasons. Number one, obviously, they they have strung a ton of rackets, and they know how to string every racket, right? Uh, you know, the proper tension and all that, but they also um, have, you know, a vast knowledge of types of string, you know, what goes well with your type of game or your body type or any issues you might be having. Right. Um, the other thing, the other thing that people don't realize that may, that's probably less valued than it should be is they can also tweak rackets themselves structurally and match rackets and things. Cause you, you'll buy, if you go to a tennis warehouse right now and you buy two of the same exact rackets, you have an option. Some of the rackets have an option that if you buy two at a time, they'll match them. Okay. And what they mean by that is, is they'll make sure that the weighting and the balance are all the same. And yeah. you're like, well, wait a second. Isn't that how it should be? Yeah. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And I don't know anything about physics. I don't right. know anything about manufacturing. I don't know anything about materials. But you can get, if you just buy two rackets and two separate transactions, so they don't match them, but they came off, even if they came off back to back off the same line, right. you get them, you weigh them, you, you check their balance, you know, head heavy, all that. And you'll be surprised of, of how different they can be. Well, and I was going to say not only that, you're also, you're not realizing as you use them, how they change, you know, you use one for two years and order the same one of that racket. Well, you've used that one for two years. It's going to feel a lot different probably than one that just, you just got. Right. The structure, the, the, not chemical, but the, uh, what do you call it? The composition something but i'm amazed how many people will just give me a racket and say oh you know just put whatever in it what tension oh you know whatever and and the problem with that that's fine i use my you know judgment whatever but you know if if i you're not if i'm not keeping up with what you did then the next time it may be something totally different and to me i don't like those kind of variables in my game i've been stringing my rackets the same exact way with the same string for 10 years because I've got enough variables in the way I play, give you an op- opportunity there. But, Brother, don't I know it? <laughs> but I don't need another one. I've got enough. That's funny. But anyway, I don't know how we got off on all that. But you can tell it's January tennis. Well, it just more importantly, we just watch. We have there's five tournaments or something like that going on all at the same time, and I'd still rather talk about. You know, hiring certified stringers. Um, well, and it is the new year, which is often when people will start to get into new rackets and look into new rackets coming out. All the companies start releasing stuff. Well, this I time guess, of year. but I think it says more about the fact that if these players aren't going to take these matches that that seriously, then why should we? <laughs> because if nobody plays them, they cram them in. Right. Nobody seems to care about these tournaments anymore. Yeah. Except for the marquee ones, obviously the majors, not grand slams. <laughs> uh, the four grand slam tournaments, and then. You know the the Monte Carlo types that have you know big appeal, right. Indian Wells, Miami. But again, why do those have a big appeal? Partly because it's the only one of that week. Like you've 
you've already got several marquee players that didn't play this week. The biggest one. Yeah, but they didn't play this week. And so you have a mediocre field to begin with, and then you split that mediocre field into three groups, which is even worse. So I think that's a lot to do with it is, you know, having the field separated. If you knew there was one tournament that was the only way you could get points, you're going to play in that one. Right. Instead of splitting up. Well, the only good thing about it it was kind of cool in Australia to see some, like, hometown players that got to play and, you know, win some matches or get to be seen on TV for the first time. But that's going to happen any tournament. You always get wild cards. Even in Master Series, you get wild cards. So, but it gives you more wild cards with more tournaments. Well, it just so it just to me it, it it's a lot like that last playoff or that last regular season game in football that you know the team has already clinched the one seed or the buy. Right. In other words, they can't go up or down. Their their positions locked. So the result of that game means nothing. And, and some of them play, some of them don't. Well, well, they play. Let's say they're playing that next week in the first round of the playoffs, right? So now they rest everybody or rest key guys. And so, to me, am I excited about watching that game? Not really, right? And that's a real. That's a game that matters. I mean, in the NFL, there's only 16 games, right. so they're hugely important. And yet, that one's not. Right. And if it's not important to them, there's no way it can be important to me. Well, and you know how big of a Cowboys fan I am. I didn't watch their 16th game. And I was shocked their starters played all the way through because I said that game meant absolutely nothing. And you can say you built confidence, whatever. You know, it's the same with these tournaments. They only say they mean something if they win them. And even then, there's no correlation between the people that win the warm tournaments and how they do in the following. Like, almost never does the same person win the lead-up tournament and win the slam. In fact, I, I was... <laughs> so, never get tired of hearing that. Uh, but I would say most of the time... Am, it's, I was tired of it before I even... <laughs> I had to go find that clip and watch Jimmy Johnson's the whole dumb hair stand on top of a table and Jerry Jones' dumb face. Like, he, you know, anyway. Uh, by the way, I love Jimmy Johnson, but isn't he one of the most overrated coaches ever? I mean, he won two Super Bowls and really could have, it seems like I, that team could have won four in a row if he would have stayed. Way to go, Jerry. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird to give somebody so much credit for two seasons. Right. True. That's well, what. I, and then we, he went to Miami a couple years later and did nothing. Right. And I guess he had success in college, obviously. So I'm not. But I'm saying they make it seem like he. And obviously here he's more, you know, legendary. But I feel like he gets way more credit than a normal coach would. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for winning two Super Bowls, you play to win the game. And that's what he did. They won the game. But who cares about the Cowboys? They suck and I hate them. It's not, a good, not as good as Herm Edwards. I can see that stupid stadium from my backyard. <laughs> um, I, think, I think from NASA they can see or from a I space shuttle they can see it. I hate that place. But no, in terms of these tournaments, it's just not like it doesn't give you anything by winning it. Because like you said, anybody who wins it was already good enough to be ranked or seated anyway. Well, if the top, you know, if, if out of the top 10, less than 50% are playing in a tournament, then what does that tournament mean to, to anyone? And again, like you're saying, I think, then how competitive is that tournament? So right. if you win it, who cares? Show me something in Australia. And that's another fear without our calendar. And now our calendar now starts in the beginning of December. Without our calendar and the proper lead up to the tournament. And again, 
our calendar would consist of tournaments leading into each Grand Slam right. that would all coalesce as a series a la U.S. Open, a la mandatory events, and then you would all those would mean something and mean the same thing. So without that, it just I don't I don't care. I mean the highlight here's the highlight. Eugenie's back, so maybe she definitely deserved that monetary uh, award from the judge right. uh, against the USTA. <laughs> I guess that's if she has a good season, then maybe all that was legit. Right. Uh, so she's back. Taylor Townsend. I mean, let me just tell you, doubles. I mean, this cat can ball, man. She just she can play some doubles. I was highly impressed. Um, and uh, and that's really about it. Nothing else. I didn't really care about anything else. No, nobody played. Right. And, uh, and nobody and, will play this week because it's the week leading into a major. Exactly. So it's like, uh, well, would you? We've talked about this a little bit, but would you be in favor of this being? A qualification process no no but i think that's the only the only reason i say that and i'm not saying i would right, be right, but that's right, the right. only reason they would play yeah and i'm saying like when i say qualification i mean every player that wants to be on the straight and has to play or you don't get in so how about and win you have to win something you don't have to win the tournament obviously well it seems like that gap between wimbledon and the u.s open is the long i mean that's it's too long but if you had a master's on the front end, see, I'd rather have a Masters a, a week, finish a week out. I don't want it leading right up. You right. know what I mean? Which we, which we have. So maybe one Masters, maybe two Masters per series. Right. I mean, to be honest, I mean, the downside is is the way the weeks are, you can't fit a grass Masters. Right. Even if you had one. Uh, because all it takes is changing the structure the rules, the value of a tournament, and now it's a Masters, and now it matters. Right. If you if you tomorrow said Monte Carlo is now a 150k challenger, right, and some you know 150k challenger in the middle of Spain somewhere, at some small town, right, is now a Masters. Everybody's going to play in the Spain one. Right. Now that's obviously an extreme because. Federer has no reason to go to a challenger. Right. Um, but the point being is, is the Masters, I mean, the Monte Carlo tournament, obviously, its location, yeah. you know, everything that goes but the with the points that. are the primary. Right. Draw. And then the money. Yeah. And so uh, the problem is, is if the ABCs control the sport. There's too many people that are in charge of the sport. So how do you, you know, you can't, you can't just rule with an iron fist like a fifa type situation right um because that i think that would make the difference and so if we had at least one masters in each series and then two 500s and one two fit so at least one 250 right. although i have no problem with 250s being spread out on the same yeah. week yeah. 500s i don't like right 50s 250s are fine if you have three 250s stacked up right as long as they're sort of spread out, because the reason well, is... Well, it's a build. Yeah. Um, now, what do you do that week before the slam? Well, here's what you would do. I, I say that you would look at all of those tournaments, and that is your seeding pro because you, right. you, you have to normalize the surface, so now every surface, every tournament is on the exact same surface. So your same, seeding should be a lot more accurate. Same coloration, all that kind of stuff, and now every tournament within that series 
is used for seeding for that Grand Slam. Right. And Which we're only seeding four, so that should be nothing. Which no we're <laughs> your only seeding four. <laughs> which. The four winners. Give me eight. I'll take eight. Seed eight. Yeah, eight's okay. And then guess what? Everybody wants to be in the top eight because that's huge. Right. And so Federer is going to make sure he plays, but he wouldn't be in the top eight if he played every single tournament leading up to a tournament because he'd be done. He's an old man. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's the only way they would play is if there was some continuity in the lead up because they would, they would want the service to be the exact, you know, because that's going to get them used to playing at the slam coming up and the location's obviously got to be nearby. But I think there's also got to be some seating implication. Otherwise, they're not going to play. Yeah. Because Federer, I don't care, you know, how good he thinks he is. He wants to be seated. I guarantee you. Oh, for sure. He doesn't want to play. He doesn't you know, want to play Nadal, Djokovic first round. <laughs> or in the second. Or right. the third. Or the tenth. So you can't tell me that seating doesn't entice, is not going to entice the top players. Yeah. And so you got to say at least, at the very least, you got to play one warm-up tournament to be seated. So in a Grand Slam seed eight masters four everything below four we're only doing four next week for the australian yes we just are. to see the extreme which you got to get on yeah you've been gallivanting across the country on vacation <laughs> i won't tell them what you were doing please don't um <laughs> there'll be video i'm sure <laughs> youtube heads up um so yeah so that would make me care because now it's like a season it's a mini season and now it's like, okay, this tournament matters to the end goal, which is that one-fourth of the Grand Slam. Right. So this series is one-fourth of the season, but it's also its own encapsulated season as well by itself. And that would also get rid of this crap that Federer is doing where he just skips an entire – Right. Or, or it would force him to skip the entire French in right. every tournament leading up to it, which he does, yeah. or which he did last year. So – and he's either, still going to do this year, by the way. Either you're all in or you're all out. Right. And then problem solved. Because if you're all out, no problem. Don't yeah. dip in. Play a little play a little clay court exhibition, you know, in front of some, you know, uh, royal, you know, whatever. Right. Oil tycoons. And then skip everything. Then maybe play. Yeah, this would, this would make you all in or all out. Well, and all the tournaments, all the lead-up tournaments would like it because they'd be guaranteed to get top players to come. Oh, they'd love it. Right. And the fans, I mean, there's no negative to it that I see, you know. And again, I think you still have a process for injured players. If they can't play in the lead-up, they can still get in, but they can't be seated. Or if they're coming back from maternity leave. (laughs) Just kidding. They can't be seated, so they're still getting in, but they're not getting in at whatever their ranking is. Yeah, so and it, here's where it's got to come from. It's got to come from the ITF. It's got to come from the Grand Slams because they're the ones that really, if they wanted to throw their weight around, they could make changes. Yeah. Well, they just have to say, make everyone a series, like you said, and say one of our criteria for entrance to the tournament, which I'm sure they already have some, they must, is must have played two you know, tournaments ever a series or something, whatever, whatever the number is one, at least or one. none. Right. And if you don't play any, you, you're going to get in as your direct, you know, right. directly in because of your ranking. Right. But you won't be seated. Yeah. You get thrown in is the, in the pool randomly, which will be terrible for whoever had to play them. Right. But if they were top four or top eight seed anyway, then what's it matter? Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah. And if we seed four, then it really doesn't matter. Right. 
So, um, when theoretically someone who doesn't play an entire warm up shouldn't have that high of a ranking anyway, if those are the only, if we have four set separate seasons of warm ups, you're skipping one, you skip 25% of the season. Right. You shouldn't be able to do that and keep a ranking in the top, you know, four, top eight. So, uh, give us the keys. We'll drive. <laughs> Just listen to this podcast and we will say single handedly save tennis. Or, on the other hand, Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. That could be a, that could be also a possibility. I'm not 100% sure. Well, but yeah, for those that didn't hear, we will have a draw, a simulated draw next week with men's and women's singles, 128 draw with just four seeds. That's and, true. And the reason being is you will see how much better of a tournament that will be, would be if they did it that way. Much more compelling earlier. And again, I'm not going to manipulate it or, you know, rig it how i want it to be it's going to yeah. be totally random you'll do it before the draw the actual draw comes out right even if you don't and we'll look at them side they, by side how will they know we're going to say <laughs> well if i do it after it doesn't matter it's still i'm still using the same method and you're doing it random right so, yeah but yeah we'll look at them side by side and i guarantee that there will be much more compelling early round matches using our system as opposed to the current system right that's going to be the highlight Oh, the Australian Open for me <laughs> is the comparison of these two draws. Seriously. Well, and if the top four players are the top four players, they're going to advance on either system. Doesn't matter. Theoretically. Right. It, but instead of playing somebody who's a 32nd seed, you know, three rounds in, they're going right. to play them first round. So what? So yeah. what? What is it? Listen, 32nd seed? Come right. on. Come <laughs> on. What are we talking about here? Yeah, I think it's going to be. It would. It would. There would be so many more compelling primetime matches, which is where that's where you build your audience is those primetime night matches. And nobody's watching. Nobody wants to watch Fetter versus, you know, I can't even think of somebody that's, you know, versus Chechenata or something, that kind right. of match. Right. That's a first round night match. It's just not, yeah, it's Fetter. Great. We got to see Fetter and he won one, two, and one. Right. They'd much rather see Fetter. Would they? I don't know. Or something. I don't know. I, I think we have to do it to find out. Right. Because I think ultimately it will bear out you're right. Yeah. Over time, that will bear out that you're correct. That if we can look at it and say, all right, we're going to have more action packed rounds, matches per round from the beginning. Right. Then that matters and is more compelling and, and more of a reason to watch the entirety of a tournament than. Uh, well, we'll just hang on because the only competitive matches really guaranteed are going to be in the semis. Right. Well, I feel like that's kind of where you're at right now. You're watching for either upsets early on, which is the primary reason people watch slams. That's that's it. In the or rounds. you're watching for the end. You know, the end matchups of the top ten players. Well, right now you're going to have you're going to have still going to have the upset option in the beginning because you might have you know one seed playing a fourteen in the first round. So you're going to have upset potential a lot earlier, but you're also still going to have those same matchups at the end with the top players playing each other. All right, we solved it. <laughs> We've solved it. I think that's probably enough. We have been on this podcast. I think this is literally a four-hour podcast. It's ridiculous. A <laughs> uh, couple things. First of all, the bags are out. I'm going to be at some point. It'll probably We'll kick it off probably next week's show. We'll kick off the whole tweet contest for these bags. I got to get a picture of them. I got to tweet the picture out, and that's what you'll tweet out. And we'll talk about the rules next week. Um, I'm also in the process of communicating with a certain famous somebody, semi-famous somebody, uh, that I may be on court with. Can't reveal those details yet because if it doesn't happen, I'll feel like a sucker. 
and uh, y'all know I'm not a sucker. So uh, as that as that moves forward and comes to fruition, um, we'll talk about that as well. Um, aside from that, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on sending out, uh, retweeting the episodes, re-facebooking, uh, whatever that is. So you know on uh, Instagram, of course, please follow us. By all means, follow <laughs> us. We're still at 117 followers. That's okay. We sort of stalled. But... Uh, Instagram's just not as popular. More people are by a large margin are on Twitter still, so we've got to change that somehow. So, but get on over to Instagram, follow Tennis Revolution Pod. You'll never get a picture. Oddly enough, the only place you're going to get a picture from me is on Twitter. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know how to do these things. I've told you. So, um, so, so do that. Follow us on Instagram for no particular reason, and then get on Twitter. That's where all the action happens. At Tennis Rev Pod on Twitter. Uh, anything I send out, retweet it. Don't wait, wait. Don't wait to see it. You might miss it. It's like way down your feed. You'll never see it. Go to us and then look at what we, and then just retweet out episodes and do all that. If you have any friends, if you don't, I understand. Anything else? I think that's it. No corner today. I think that's kind of falling by the wayside. No, I was just gonna, yeah, bring up the draw thing and how we're the reason why we're doing it and all that. But we talked about it, so we that's did. good. So we handled the. Corner. And I'll have that for next week. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right, well, yes, I know this was a return to normalcy, which for many, many, many of you, including me, is a, quite a letdown, but uh, hey, it is, it's, it's what, listen, our la- last week's guest is a busy, busy person, and she probably can't come in here very much. And we're not. And so we're stuck. So, Corey's what we got, so we, we enjoy it, so. It's like an old familiar sock. <laughs> a Jack sock, if you will. I like that. Comparing yourself to Jack sock. I yeah, couldn't think I'm the of a Jack better, sock of podcasting. Couldn't think of a better comparison. Uh, really overplayed your ability last year, and this year is going to be a complete letdown. He's in the tournament. That's all that matters, that's right? That's something. He's in the tournament. Wild card, indeed. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for this week, um, and until next time. Thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Eugenie Bouchard. <laughs>